thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Lord of all, and you are Lord of my circumstance, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap of praise of thanksgiving for his presence that we feel here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I will not be long tonight, but... The Lord, my wife and I were driving down the road on Friday afternoon going to pick up Presley from school. We were talking about some things. And I realized that I was replying, agreeing with what my wife was saying, but the words I was saying were not my words. It was the Lord speaking to me. And I stopped at that red light on 105. And I said, babe, that's not me, that's God. And this is what I'm supposed to preach Wednesday night. So I went to a small group last night, and the word of the Lord was confirmed. Kayla shared a testimony in that small group, and when I began to hear that, I just began to weep uncontrollably. We got in the car, she said, babe, why'd the floodgates open? And I said, because the topic of that small group was a confirmation of what we had talked about the other day. It was a confirmation of what God was, of how he was leading me to speak tonight. So if you have your Bibles, go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Does anybody have any trouble? Anybody have any trouble? You don't have to raise your hand, but just give me an amen in your mind tonight if you have some trouble. I want to talk to you tonight on the subject that trouble won't last always. Why don't, you look, why don't you just look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, trouble won't last always. Come on. I know we transitioned and it was just noisy and now you're thinking, why'd you shut that down? Hang on, you'll understand. But now why don't you tell your other neighbor, like you're not half asleep, that trouble won't last always. No, come on, you're saying it like you're asleep. Trouble won't last always. Here, let Let's go about it this way. Prophesy to your neighbor. The neighbor, your trouble won't always last. There you go. There we go. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 10 through 11 says, And God and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, That's terrible. After we suffer, the Lord says, after a little while you suffer, I will myself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. And then it finishes with the word, amen. In other words... Our response to the trouble we face is not doubt and fear. Our response 
is faith. Why? Because he has the power forever and ever and ever and ever. And to that, we say amen. Amen. To that, we say thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. We all face trouble. We have the common pressures of life. Your trouble and your pressure might be different, but it's really not any different. Your money might be greater or less than the neighbor you're sitting next to tonight, but you have the same problems. We all have thoughts of how will I provide for my family, especially the men in the room and the single moms, you too feel that even greater than the men feel that at times. We all have feelings of loneliness and inadequacies. The most secure person in the room tonight really battles their own personal insecurities. That's not something that we like to talk about because it's something that we like to hide or tuck away in the corners of our mind. But the reality is wherever our troubles and pressure comes from, one thing is for certain, and I want to remind you of this tonight, is that we all have trouble. And I know you're laughing. I don't need you to remind me that I have trouble. Come on. It's not the first of the month yet. Some of us are saying, Lord, let the first get here. There's people in the room, Lord, I, I got troubles because I don't get paid till Monday or Tuesday. Some of you are checking right now. Did my direct deposit hit the bank yet? Did, is it there? Is it there? We all, we all have troubles. How we handle this trouble determines the outcome of our existence. We will be better or we will be bitter with how we carry or don't carry the trouble that we face tonight. In the parable of the sower, Jesus said this in Mark chapter 4, Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. So they receive the word with joy, but since they're in a rocky place, they have no root They last only for a short term. This is talking about people, is what this parable is talking about. But when trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, they quickly fall away. Because of the word of trouble is what they're saying. Before trouble even gets to them, they get the hint of trouble. Do you know people like this uh, that when things are going good, they will be in the house of God, but you let things be, uh, uh, you let things turn around and start going bad, and they're going to be back to the same friends. They're going to be back to the same habits. They're going to be not coming to the church house. They'll be going to the club, or they'll be going to the bar. They'll be sitting out on the back porch with their buddies, uh, and they'll be doing things they shouldn't do just uh, at the very hint of trouble, because they will quickly fall away. Still others. The parable goes on to say, Jesus goes on to say, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it 
unfruitful. So the word of the Lord comes in, but because they are living a materialistic life, trying to attain things that God might not even have a problem with, but because they have elevated things of this world higher than they should be elevated the God of this world, they too, they too, they too will fall away, making it unfruitful. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, don't be unfruitful. Don't be unfruitful, amen. We're going to go somewhere tonight in the Holy Ghost. Two of the three souls that failed to produce a crop represented people who did not know how to handle suffering. And the reality is tonight, there are people in the room that still, after all of our years of living, after thousands of years of existence, after after us, uh, uh, after many of us should have already learned lessons that our parents learned and they taught to us, but we didn't receive the word we are fighting the same battles over and over and over again why because some of us represent the rocky ground in this parable and others of us uh, represent the thorny ground that Jesus spoke about rocky ground represents those who receive the word joyfully at first but do not sink down roots so that when the affliction or the persecution of this world or of this life or of the current dilemma comes at them like life comes at us all they do not have the root system to stand firm and trust that the storm will not last forever and so that's why you see people that when trouble comes to their life they disappear or rather when trouble comes to your life they disappear out of your life or when financial problems come to your family that family member is nowhere to be seen to stand with you as you weather the storm that has been faced before you likewise thorny ground represents those who seem to grow for a little while but then they allow they allow the worries of the world Or we can say it like this, the pressures that we face when we leave the building tonight. They allow those pressures and those worries to be at such an elevated place in their life that their faith in their problems is greater than their faith in their God. I stand before you tonight being both of these people. I have been the rocky ground and I have been the thorny ground, but I'm thankful that I've learned the lesson and I'm still learning the lesson that when I put my faith in Jesus, no matter what trouble I'm in, no matter what persecution I may face, no matter what loneliness or inadequacies or, 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 or any of those things that I face and I walk through, I have come to recognize that I might not feel like I have what I need, but I don't want walk according to what I feel. I walk according to what I know. And what I know is that God is greater than my trouble. My God is greater than the circumstance that I face. And let let me remind the child of God tonight, I don't know what your circumstance is, and I don't know what your problem is tonight, but Jesus Christ is greater. You fill in the blank of your problem, and God is greater. You fill in the blank of your insecurities and Jesus Christ is greater. Can somebody give God praise tonight for being a great God? If you don't learn how to handle affliction, 
if you don't learn how to handle worry, and if you don't learn how to handle all the other kinds of suffering or trouble that we face, those things will handle you. And you will forever be a rocky or a thorny or an unstable or a spiritual tumbleweed that just blows wherever the wind is blowing because uh, we have not sunk roots, uh, not in the house of God, but in the truth uh, that God will leave us. Uh, he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Uh, that's, uh, that's really the real root of the issue of all problems that humanity faces uh, is the fact that we really don't at times comprehend uh, nor believe uh, that God really will stick with you to the very end. Young people today have a phrase called ride or die. That's what they like to call their boyfriends or their girlfriends. Oh, he's my ride or die. She's uh, my ride or die. Let me tell you, just uh, just to be a little relevant like I wish I was tonight, just to act like I'm young, just to act like how I feel sometimes. Jesus uh, is my ride or die. Jesus uh, won't leave me uh, and he won't forsake me. Jesus uh, is faithful and he will be faithful to the very end. Come on, somebody in your trouble tonight ought to give God thanks for the fact that he will be faithful to the very end. That means that when your trouble is over, God will be faithful. That means, uh, that, means uh, that when you are on the mountaintop, you will be able to recognize uh, that God is not more faithful on the mountaintop. Uh, he is just as faithful on the mountaintop uh, as, he, uh, as he is or was uh, when we find ourselves uh, in valleys. Uh, let me just tell you tonight, like I've told you already, God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is a very present help in time of our trouble. So tonight, I just want to talk about trouble. How do we handle trouble? What is our response to trouble? I think the first thing that we should do when we find ourselves in troublesome circumstances is to humble ourselves. That doesn't make that that defies what we think and believe as Americans. As Americans, we are strong, we are independent, and when life punches me, I'm going to punch it back. When somebody takes a swipe at my kid, mama bear is going to bow up and go to that other mama bear, and they're going to have some words, or mama's going to call the teacher, or, or, or this or that is going to happen. Why? Because that is how we have been conditioned to live, think, and act. But the reality and the truth of God's word is when we find ourselves in trouble, we must humble ourselves and let God work on our behalf because the secret is this if you want to know a secret tonight I'll share it with you is that I cannot fix my problems and allow God to fix my problems at the same time it's just it's just not going to happen our troubles take our mind off of God our troubles magnify us over God our trouble oftentimes is not an attack of the enemy But the enemy will use our troubles to elevate us higher than we ought to be so that God cannot be on the supreme pedestal and first in our life as Scripture and His Word and He declares to us. So the devil likes to operate and attack the children not with trouble but through trouble. Oh, the devil sent this to me. You know, the devil might have sent that to you, but what if he didn't? What if it's just life? 
The devil didn't send a Hurricane Harvey. It wasn't God's judgment. It wasn't an act of, of wickedness that sent Hurricane Harvey. It was just nature. Storms happen. It just happens. It felt like an attack of the enemy. Some of us, uh, some of my family are just now recovering. They're still trying to, they're still trying to finish the house. They're still trying to get back in the church. They're still trying to do this. They're still trying to do that. It felt like an attack of the enemy. It was just nature. But in that type of disaster that nature brings, the devil will use that as an opportunity because he knows we are already weak to just throw a little bit of doubt, a little bit of insecurity, a little bit of God are you really with me? God, are you really with my family through this time of unemployment? God, are you really Jehovah Jireh like you were to Abraham? Are you really our provider like your word says that you are? Our trouble, our troubles divide our mind so that we cannot solely concentrate on one thing, and that is the power of Jesus Christ. The same power that saved us, uh, the same blood that redeemed us. uh, And I'll say it like this, the same God that saved us is the same God that can sustain us if we let him. Let me just teach for a little bit tonight. This wasn't in my notes. Uh, Sister Sister Esmeralda, hang on, okay? I don't know where I'm going to go. But we sometimes think uh, that the God that saved us can't keep us. We you know, no, uh, nobody wants to be brave enough tonight to acknowledge that. But that's why when we find ourselves in a hard time, that's why when we find ourselves having problems with somebody at church or problems with somebody in the family or problems with somebody on the workforce, we'll just change churches. We'll just, uh, we'll just disown that family member and we won't invite them to the kid's birthday party. Or, or we'll just change a job. We'll just do this. Why? Because we, it's easier to run from our problems uh, than to go to the New Testament and recognize uh, that the epistles is a book, uh, the epistles the, uh, 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 the New Testament really is a roadmap for our life, and it really is a roadmap for personal conflict. Read it. Read it. We must trust God in our troubles. Everybody say amen. amen. I know, I know I'm moving slow, and I know I might be stepping on toes tonight, but I promise the Lord's going to help us here. Trouble conceives a little word or a little thing known as anxiety. Everybody say anxiety. I'm just anxious. There's people here tonight that take medicine for their anxiety. I'm not belittling that because if you have that, that is a real thing. Scripture talks about anxiety. It's a real deal. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not believing that. I'm not saying you don't need to take that. That is a real thing. If, if you're sick, you need to take medicine. I, I'm not belittling that. But let's talk about where anxiety comes from. When we become anxious over our trouble... We become distracted from the productive purpose that God has for our life. We become distracted when we become anxious. This is why 1 Peter chapter 5 says this. 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Church family, let me tell you tonight, God cares for you. God knows where you are at, church family. 
God knows exactly where you are at. God knows the pressure that you feel. God knows the confusion that you feel. And he knows the anxiety or the mental health issues or, or the lack of sleep or the worry or the falling out of your head and the, and the expanding of your waistline. That's how you can tell. That's how you can tell some of us have troubles and some of us have worries. Our anxiety shows in many different ways. But it is impossible to cast our anxiety or our troubles to the feet of Jesus if we cannot humble ourselves under the power of God's mighty hand. We cannot submit our anxiety or our troubles to Jesus if we cannot humble ourselves. That's why the first way to handle our problems, no matter how big or small the problems we face in this life are, is to humble ourselves. Why is there a need for humbling yourself in a time of trial? I've already talked about that's not that's not how we're wired. That, that uh, uh, that's not how we think as humans. That's just that uh, that's something countercultural to us. Uh, why why should we humble ourselves? Uh, because at the heart of anxiety is a proud notion or a, or, or, or a proud uh, being or proud thought that that elevates pride in our life uh, that says I can handle my problems by myself. When Brother Vivian was talking about this just a few minutes ago, that was another confirmation in the Holy Ghost to me that we are on the right path tonight. We cannot handle our problems by ourselves, church family. Some of us are worrying ourselves sick. How is this going to happen? How am I going to attain this goal in my life? How will I achieve this? How will I get out of this problem? How will the awkwardness that I feel around these people or this, or this situation, how will it leave? I will tell you how it leaves. You hand it over to Jesus. The problem might not go away. The issue might still be there, but you hand it over to Jesus and you watch as God works in your life. God is the author. He is the author of our faith. He is the author of our faith and he is not the author of confusion. And anxiety brings forth and our trouble brings forth seasons of confusion. Handling issues by yourself speaks of self-reliance. And last time I checked, a child of God is to not rely upon ourselves. Last time we relied upon ourselves, uh, we find uh, we found ourselves addicted to drugs. Last time uh, some of you relied on yourself, you found yourself uh, in the divorce court. Last time some of you relied upon yourself, you found yourself unemployed. Last time uh, some of you relied upon yourself, you found yourself lonely and isolated from people around you, uh, and you never thought that you would feel that. Uh, but we must recognize uh, that as children of God, blood-bought believers, uh, people of the name of Jesus, uh, who the blood of Jesus has been applied uh, to our life. Uh, we must recognize that our problems are, for, are not for us uh, to carry, but they are a lesson to us, uh, and they are to help us to, uh, to put our trust in Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen tonight? The root of self-reliance is pride. It's impossible to humble ourselves if we, if we are full of self-reliance. I've, I don't know, I was talking to Kayla a couple days ago, I don't know if I believe in the law of attraction. I don't know how I feel about that. I guess I don't have an opinion on it. But I have certain interests in, in my life. There's certain things that I like. And God has brought people into my life that they're not even saved yet. I'm, I, I'm believing that they're going to get saved. But it's people that... That I'm just I, I'm I'm attracted to them and they're attracted to me. 
And the reality is that some of these businessmen, they have a problem with trusting God because they are self-made. Many of them, most of the successful people in life that you know, they're self-made. Very few rich people today inherited their money. Oh, we like to think, oh, that's old money. They, uh, they got that from mom and dad. That is the case in some instances, but uh, the majority of millionaires today, they are self-made. They are self-made. And so we find successful people, and let's take it away from millionaires. Let's take it to the global look, okay? Uh, 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 The poorest people in America, the people living below the poverty line in America are the one percenters of the world. If you make more than $35,000 a year, you are in the one percent of income earners in the world. Uh, So let's just apply this principle to us. It is easy for us to rely upon ourselves because we are a blessed people. We can fix our problems. If I don't have money, I'll go to the bank and I'll get a loan and I can fix uh, my issue. If I'm upside down in my car, I'll just trade it in and roll the thousands of dollars in on the next car. I can fix the issue. I can still get what I want. I can make it happen. We are self-reliant people, but self-reliant people never go far in the kingdom of God. Because how can self be glorified and God be glorified at the same time? I know I'm deep tonight. I'm not, I, I know I'm dropping the plow. But we cannot make it on our own, church family. We cannot make it on our own. Why don't you just look at your neighbor and remind them, neighbor, you can't make it by yourself. Now, now just smile at them. We just need to take up a smile offering right now. Just smile at them. Let's just lighten the mood a little bit. Smile at them. You can't make it, but I love you anyways. We must trust God, church family. If we are not a church uh, that trusts God, we are wasting our time. If you want to know why I'm praying bold like I am when it comes offering time around here on Sunday morning, it's because I trust God. You want to know why I'm acting bold in my faith? Uh, It's because I'm trusting God to do impossible things uh, in my life and in the life of my family. I don't know how it's going to happen, uh, but I trust God. And when you are able to walk in that realm of faith, uh, in that realm of trust, uh, something unlocks in your life. uh, And that's when you really recognize the truth of God's word, uh, that if God be for me, who can ever be against me? I know I've been quoting it a lot of late. Uh, It's become a motto of my life uh, for this year, that no matter what I face, God is greater. And it's come alive to me because uh, I am learning and recognizing the beautiful walk of faith and trusting in God, believing and recognizing that God lights my pathway. He's the one that allows me to take the next step that I will take in life. He's the one that will provide food on my table. He's the one that will provide gas in my car. He is the one that will provide. Let me just be real and testify. I've got a 17-year-old truck. I, I love it. It's beautiful. I want a brand-new F-150 Platinum Edition, but I don't have $77,000 to go buy that beautiful truck. So I'm going to drive that 2000 F-150 that don't even have a CD player. I, I'm going to rock it and act like it's a Ford Platinum F-150. It's my truck. I paid cash for it, and I like it. Y'all don't like it, but Daddy loves it. Presley loves it too. He actually calls it his truck. Allie named it. She called it Sandy because it's gold. But my transmission started slipping a few months ago. 
Y'all going to laugh at me. Y'all going to think I'm irrational, but it's okay because I begin to trust in God. It's going to cost a lot of money to fix that transmission. And every time I feel that transmission slip a little bit, I say, in the name of Jesus, touch that transmission. And for about four or five months now, it'll slip one time, and I'll pray that prayer, and it'll go a month without slipping. I, oh, I know, I know that I'm going to have to put a transmission in it, uh, but I can't afford, my, my wife and I operate on a cash basis, uh, and I can't afford to spend that type of cash right now on a transmission. I don't have to have two cars because of our living arrangement and our working arrangement. It's just a luxury at this point in my life. Uh, so I don't have to have it. So that's why when I feel that transmission slip, uh, I say in the name of Jesus. Jesus fix that transmission. Y'all laughing at me, but it works. The other day I was driving. Y'all don't clap. That's just a courtesy clap, okay? Because some of y'all don't believe it. Some of y'all, thank you, Sister Martin, you believe it, but some of y'all was just clapping because she clapped. She's lived this life of faith before. She wasn't always blessed like she is right now. She hadn't always driven the fancy car that she's lived in, that she drives in. She hadn't always lived in the house. I remember, Sister Martin, when you lived in that house that was falling apart. You didn't know how you were going to fix it. Uh, you were going through just a terrible season in life. Uh, she can clap because she knows how God provides and how God trusts. Oh. So last week, I was driving down 105 to get my boy from school, and that transmission went. It's always just slipped one or two times with that transmission. And y'all laughing, but I laid my little sweaty, slimy, greasy hand on that dashboard, and I said, in the name of Jesus, uh, Lord, I'm asking you to make this transmission go uh, just a little bit further. I don't have to have this truck, uh, but there are times when it's nice for my wife and I to have two trucks, uh, and that transmission has not slipped one time. I, I know that's simple. I know that's cheesy, and I know that doesn't make sense to the rational mind, uh, but if God can prolong the life of the transmission uh, in my 20-year-old truck, what can he turn around in your life? What can he fix in your life? And if some of you would get bold and pray crazy, stupid prayers like I pray over, over the transmission in my truck, you would learn to live a life of trust and faith that would blow your mind. You would really know because you walked the path, not because you heard it at church, that God is my provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. Oh, God. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. I'm talking, I trust God so much uh, that this little over $400,000 of debt uh, that we owe on this building can be wiped up uh, and it can be, and it can be paid off uh, and God can provide us the means uh, to do the improvements at this location uh, that we need to do or He can provide the means uh, for a new location. I, I am crazy in my faith uh, and I trust uh, that God will do it. And why do I have faith for God to do something that crazy for my church? Because I have seen him do crazy things in my family. Crazy things in my family. I've never told this story to nobody. Two years ago, my wife and I had something very unexpected happen the very first week of December. The very first week of December. 
something huge happened in our world, and all the money that we had saved up for for Christmas had to be spent on the need that we had. I told you we're cash people. We operate by cash. So, in this time, we were stressing over Christmas, but then we said, you know, we, our babies are young. They don't know no different. We might cry on Christmas morning and hold each other, and our gift to each other is going to be a 99-cent cinnamon roll from the HEBs, but we're going to love this Christmas. Some of y'all, y'all don't know broke like I've known broke in my life. Yeah. We can relate to this. My, my boys didn't have no shoes that day, too. It was a Wednesday. They didn't have a pair of shoes that fit. I could ask my parents for help, and they would have helped me. could have called my in-laws, and they would ask, and, and could ask for help, and they would have helped me. But that wouldn't have been trusted in God. I think we had like 60 bucks. And I said, babe, take what you need. Go buy the boys' shoes so they could at least have shoes for church tonight. That's, that's how it was at that time in our life. I had just enough pride in me that my boys wasn't going to come to church barefoot. And if it wasn't church that day, she wouldn't have bought shoes that day. She would have waited till the next day that we had church. I said, babe, go do it. She said, I'm not doing it. I said, babe, go do it. I'm telling you to trust me because I'm trusting God right now. Before that little girl, that little lady got back from the store, there was a knock on the door. It was a FedEx man. He knocked on the door and he ran off. He was in the truck before I could open the door. When I opened the door, I have never seen a box this size laying at the foot of my door. There was no address. There was no name. There was no nothing on it. I pulled that box inside and I said, what in the world? Is, did it, uh, we're always ordering stuff at the church through Amazon. So I figured maybe I just, you know, I've got an Amazon account. If it's coming to the church, I put the church address. I just, I, I, I just put the wrong address and they were one driveway wrong. And so they dropped it off. When I opened up that box, there was thousands of dollars worth of Christmas presents for my babies. That's not a big deal, really, in the big... It's not... Christmas, you know, they didn't have to have that. It's not a big deal. But I trusted God. And I lived my life in covenant to His Word. And I put His kingdom first in my life. And God provided for me. And I talk money tonight because we can relate to the... It was months before I I muttered a single word to my family. They didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't need to know. That was a battle for me and my wife to learn that no matter what we face, I can trust in God. And I don't know what you're in this room here tonight with, uh, but I challenge you to humble yourself under the mighty hand and authority and sovereignty of God's word and the authority and the fact that he will provide for you. If you have money problems, trust in Jesus. If you have family problems, trust in Jesus. If you are having problems in your career, trust in Jesus and watch as he turns the situation around. I don't get up here tonight and talk about trouble just to talk about trouble. I've come to tell somebody tonight that that God is greater than your problems. 
Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Sister Linda is doing an incredible job on Monday night. She gives us prayers to pray, and she's very strict. She says, don't come in here and give God your problems. You come in here and give God your praise. And if you don't have nothing to praise God for, here's two or three, here's two or three pieces of paper that are full of, uh, 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 of about 75 or 100, 120 things versus God I give you praise for this God I give you praise for that God I give you praise for that that's how we ought to be in the middle of our trial church family we ought to give God praise God I thank you not for what I need not for what I have or don't have I thank you because you are God I thank you because you are the alpha and you are the omega you are the God that spoke this creation into existence Some of you need to pray, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Lord, Lord, I believe the things I've heard, but I've never experienced the the things, the testimonies of provision. I've never experienced this thing in my life. Let me tell you today, you put your trust in Jesus Christ and you humble yourself and you quit relying on your own ability to fix or not fix your circumstance and you watch as God steps into situation and he'll step into that situation and your issue will turn on a dime and what you've been stressing over for months and for years will turn around and that goal and that ambition that you've been praying about and seeking the face of God about that you thought was impossible will be possible. Why? Because for with God all things are possible. There was nothing impossible with Jesus. There was nothing impossible with Jesus. Trust God. Look at his neighbor and say, trust God. Trust God. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Your enemy, your adversary, the devil, prowls around uh, 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 like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Uh, standing firm in faith. Uh, standing firm in faith because you know that the family of believers of the body of Christ uh, throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Uh, you are not the only person facing what you're facing uh, tonight. Uh, I, I say this with all, uh, 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 with all compassion. Uh, quit. The pity party. It's in, it's impossible to trust God and have a pity party at the same time. I understand your problem is real. I understand your pressure that you feel is great, and I don't mean to. Del- I'm not trying to upset you. I'm not trying to demean your problem. I understand it's real. The things we face are real. We have trouble, but we have a God. We have a Savior. Oh. Resist the devil and he will flee. George Morrison said this, God does not make his children carefree in order to make us careless. I'm not telling you to be a careless Christian. I'm not telling you to be carefree. You should care. But what you should care about is not what you are caring about right now. You shouldn't be caring about the circumstance you face. Instead, you should be caring about God. What are you teaching me through this situation? God, I know you didn't send this situation, but you would never 
ever send something to me uh, that you cannot lead me through. Uh, and while you lead me through it, uh, you will teach me through it. Uh, God, teach me. God, uh, show me your ways. Uh, show me your thoughts. Uh, let me have the mind of Christ. Uh, let me have the heart of Christ. Uh, let me have the ability to resist the devil. Because uh, when we resist the devil, he will flee. He will flee. God wants us to trust Him with our troubles so that we may be alert and sober-minded. It's hard to be alert to the needs of people around us when all we're focused on is us. It's hard hard to be a minister. It's hard to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ when we don't have the mind of Christ. I'm not saying uh, just forget about your problems. I'm not saying that, uh, but I am saying that you are called to be a Christian. Uh, You are called to be a minister, and you are called uh, to reach those in this community who need the love and hope and care of Jesus Christ and the people of Jesus Christ. God knows the end from the beginning, and he knows that we can't handle our own problems and the attack of the enemy at the same time. Brother Vivio, you were in the Holy Ghost a few minutes ago. God God knows that we can't handle both of our own affairs and the spiritual. Look, we are not just humans. Yes, we are humans, but when the, uh, when the Spirit of Jesus Christ came into our life, that changed the game. That flipped the script, our purpose. That's why we became a new man. That's why we became a new creature in Christ. That's why our mind was renewed that's why our mind was renewed because we cannot carry it all on ourselves. my goal in life my purpose in life is not just to be a friend and a dad but my goal in life and my calling and my purpose and so is yours tonight if you have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ is to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone in this community I have problems but I get before you and preach faith I have sorrow, I have family issues, I have career things, I have all kinds of things just like you face, but I get up and I preach, thus saith the word of the Lord. You might not get on a stage and preach, but you walk in that office building and you preach. I'm just asking you and trying to encourage you tonight to preach that God is faithful. Preach that God will provide. Preach that God loves the sinner. Preach that God still saves the sinner. James chapter 4 says this, Submit yourselves then to God, uh, then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. God, uh, why aren't you in my problem? Because you are not in the presence of God. God, uh, why aren't you close to me? Because you aren't close to God. Uh, If you resist the devil and you run to Jesus, uh, he cannot help uh, but to help you. Why? Because it's in his word and he cannot go back on his word. Can't go back on his word. God is so great that his plan is to carry our trouble and protect us from the devil. We are not great enough. We are not strong enough. We are not smart enough. We're not wise enough. We don't have enough spiritual maturity, not a single person here tonight. Uh, to, uh, 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 we don't have enough spiritual maturity to protect ourselves from the onslaught of things of this world, but also the onslaught of the attack of the enemy. We can't do it. We have to trust God, church family. 
That's why 1 Peter chapter 5, 10 and 11 says this, And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, this is our text, after you have suffered a little, a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong. Everybody say strong. Strong. I believe God's calling us to be strong Christians. I believe, sir, God is calling you to be a strong man, uh, not just of physical nature, but a strong man for your family that when uh, hard times come, you can be a shield and you can protect your wife and your children from the pressures and from the attack uh, of the enemy. Likewise, I believe as believers uh, of Jesus Christ, we are to be strong Christians. Uh, we are to be strong ministers in this community uh, so that we can offer the hope of Jesus Christ uh, to everyone we come in contact. Uh, that does not mean we don't have problems, but it means our trust is in someone greater than ourselves. After you have suffered a little while, he will himself restore you. In order for us to believe that our troubles won't last always, we must first trust the Lord. Stand with me tonight, church family. Some of you about jumped and shouted right then. I saw it. Y'all are saying, oh Lord, let Sister Martin walk over there quick. Let her make a little racket. Lord, let her do it. Verse 9 says, resist the devil, standing firm in faith. I've come to encourage you and to challenge you here tonight to stand firm in faith. Not faith in your own ability to fix issues, but stand firm in the fact that your God is a healer. Stand firm in the fact that it is this God that sets up kings and tears down kingdoms. It is this God that spoke the world into his existence. And that same God is at work in my life and I can trust him. Trust him. You want to know why people struggle? Because trust. It's hard for us to trust God who we don't see because we can't trust our brothers and sisters who we do see. But if we can learn that trust is the most important and the most valuable commodity on this planet, then your world will be revolutionized. Trusting God is impractical. Trusting God makes me pray stupid prayers like, God, prolong this transmission. That's what trust does. That's what trust does. Trusting God goes against everything we think. Trusting God goes against everything that your teachers will teach you, students. Trusting God goes against everything your instructors and your professors will teach you. Businessmen, business owners in the room, trusting God will cause us to do things and make business decisions that do not make financial sense. But we recognize that we do not operate in the economy of man, but we operate in the economy of God. And God will make a way. He will make a way. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says this, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we will fix our eyes not on what is seen. We see our problems, don't we? We see those problems. But we will fix our eyes on a supernatural realm since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal our momentary troubles well 
It's been a lifetime of troubles for me. You don't know what I've faced. We've gone to church together for years, but you really don't know me. You're right. You're right. I accept that. But what is a lifetime of troubles and the shadow of eternity? For a thousand days. So tonight, as we gather around the front, please don't divide. Just come as a family this evening. Let's put God in perspective. Our trouble in perspective means that even if I have a life of trouble, my life is short and the glimpse of eternity and that God is still faithful and will get me through. Through. But when I put God in perspective, I recognize what 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 11 says. To him be the power forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. And can you say amen with me tonight? My problems might last a long time, but God is greater. Amen. All power belongs to God. Let me say it like this. God will give you grace to get through things. His grace doesn't just save us. His grace gets us through things. That's why you see people who have made terrible mistakes in life. uh, They can stand up and hold their head high. It's not cockiness. uh, It's not arrogance. It's not pride. It can be at times. uh, But when you see people around the church that have made big mistakes, uh, but today they can hold their head high, it's the grace of God that gets them up and gives them the confidence uh, to go another day, to show up another service, uh, to lift their hands and praise one more praise, to sing another song, uh, to do this and to do that around the kingdom of God. This God is not a God of a little bit of grace he's not a God of a little bit of grace he's not a God of a lot of grace he's not a God of a bunch of grace he is the God of all grace grace is not a thing if there's not a God my dad and I were talking with somebody just a couple days ago we're helping them get through something and dad said show mercy and show grace how can we I can't even wrap my mind around the concept of grace outside of the truth of God's word and who God is to me. Grace gets me through. And grace, child of God, here tonight will get you through your problem. So I remind you, God is bigger. Say that. I know it's quiet, but just say it quietly. God is bigger. God is bigger. Tomorrow when you walk into work and all hell breaks loose, just whisper in your cubicle, in your work truck, whatever your work situation looks like, God is bigger. God is bigger. As my buddy drives his work truck tomorrow and he encounters pressures of this life, uh, Brother Craig's going to say, God is bigger. God is bigger. God is bigger. Brother Jerry over here, he's, he's old and retired. He's living the gravy life now. I, I can't wait for that day. Bless God. But he still has problems. And what, and what are you going to say tomorrow? God is bigger. Church family, that's all you need to know. God's bigger. I've got trouble, but God's bigger. Oh, God, help me. I've got family problems, but God is bigger. I've got dreams and aspirations that if I said them out loud, you would laugh me off this stage. But God is bigger. God is bigger. 
So when doubt and unbelief comes to you, you whisper to that transmission in that 2000 F-150. Transmission, God is bigger. Your problem might not be my transmission. I don't know what your problem is. But say it with me. God is bigger. God, right now, I'm asking that you show yourself strong in the life of every believer and every unbeliever under the sound of my voice tonight. Uh, God, I'm asking that you reveal yourself uh, as the way maker, not as this person or the song that we sing, but you reveal yourself to us uh, as Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Jehovah Nisi, uh, the God who reigns uh, in victory. Jehovah Rapha, oh God, uh, you are my El Shaddai. Uh, you are Emmanuel. God with us it was not that Jesus was Emmanuel he died and went to heaven but your spirit the spirit of God now lives in us and the Emmanuel that walked the streets of this earth now lives in my heart you are Emmanuel God with me in time of trouble Lord I pray God that people leave this building tonight and they leave encouraged because they have recognized that you are bigger God, we pray against doubt and the lack of faith right now, Lord, and good people who have been beat up for so long. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, to those people that you minister to, the people that can't testify like I testified tonight. Show yourself faithful. Show yourself bigger, Jesus. Do what you can do in our life. Do what you can do in our church, God. Oh, God, do it. Do it, Jesus. Lord, we pray in the Spirit over things that I don't even know about, Lord, but I declare you are bigger than what we face. Every legal problem, you are bigger, Jesus. You are big. You are big. And just as pastor has been preaching big things in 2018, uh, we can only accept big things from God because we recognize that God is big. And we thank you for being big. Lord, I thank you for being big. Lord, I thank you for thinking differently than I thank you. Come on, somebody just give him thanks tonight. Quietly, right where you stand, just lift your hands and give him thanks. Lord, I thank you for thinking differently than me. Lord, if it was up to me, I never would have gone through that heartache. I would, have, I, I would have never gone through that divorce. I would have never gone through that financial problem. But what you taught me was so valuable that I can stand here tonight and say thank you. I'm not glad I went through that, God. I'm not glad that happened. I'm not glad I made that mistake. Lord, I'm, insha- I'm ashamed and embarrassed. But I say thank you for being big enough to get me through it. We're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And the testimonies that I shared with you tonight, I'm not saying this because I need to say it. I'm saying this because sometimes it's easy for us to forget that a testimony is not us bragging. That's, That's not what we're doing. My testimony is giving thanks to God because he got me through it. When you see somebody on Facebook, if you don't even like them, but you're still friends with them because you got to be friends with them. When you see them give a good report, you better go and like it and say, thank God, to God be the glory. When, when you see that person on your job that got the raise, when you got there before them and left after them, but they still got the promotion, bomb coffee on the work 
on the way to work in the morning and just say, hey, I just want you to know I'm proud of you. You're doing a good job. They don't need your coffee, but you need to be grateful for where God has brought you from and where he's taken you, church family. I don't know what our future holds as a church. I don't know. I don't know what your future holds as an individual. But one thing I know is that God will lead us. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Let's just linger in it. Let's linger in it. We like to talk about old-time church. Let's have old-time church tonight. Let's linger at the altar. Oh, God, speak to people. I spoke long enough, Lord. I'm asking right now that you speak to people. In this moment, speak, Lord. Speak to us, God. Speak to us, Jesus. Come on, no, no looking around in this moment. This is you and God right now. Focus on him. If you need to open your mouth and say something, say something. If you need to lift your hands, uh, lift your hands. This is you and God. This is the moment this service was created for.